gone wild. Friends 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 gone wild. Hey everybody, welcome back for another thrilling adventure into the Wild as we take our final break from our regularly scheduled program. Welcome to St. Paxton. I am not your GM. I am just your friendly neighborhood tabaxi. Your DM today is excellent. His name is Fred Greenleaf. Hey Fred, how you doing? I'm great. And, and thank you always for that amazing uh, introduction. Um, and to introduce the rest of our amazing players, uh, Stacy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your player, or your character, I should say. <laughs> My player. <laughs> I should Stacey. do Corey talking about Stacy. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, I'm Stacy, and I'm playing Corey, Spider Smasher of Clan Tarth. I'm a giant Goliath barbarian who loves my friends very much and would do anything to defend them. Excellent. And how about you, Hero? I am playing Bosley, who is a cleric who has been having a bit of crisis of faith ever since his wife, well, fiance, was killed. And he has been struggling with a lot of his emotions, a lot of his focus, his faith, and has been really put to the test as of late. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your character, V? Oh, hey guys, I'm the Creeping Flocks of Summer, and I'm wearing a bow tie right now. Or it could be a skinny, regular tie. I'm still unclear. I don't know what black tie means. And uh, Steph, why don't you tell us about your swashbuckler? Oh, she's so nice of you to say. Um, I'm playing Blossom Bright Moon. She is a halfling fighter slash rogue now. Uh, she has two levels in oh. rogue. Which gets her that much closer to taking the swashbuckler archetype. She is not yet a cheap tackle, but getting there. Working on her skills. Excellent. And of course, last but not least, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about Irving? Hi, this is Mike Lane. I'm playing <laughs> Irving. He is a hoppy wood elf druid, and he has a mystical bag, which we're going to be very excited learning about in this episode. So bear with us. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) So last we found our adventurers in front of the infamous restaurant of Setheris Ohm, aptly named Favor Town. The building itself is an incredibly large demon's face with horns that protrude into the sky, blasting out large clouds of fire and The entrance, a large, yawning portal, the mouth of the demon's face. Okay, group. Take it away. Okay, guys. (sighs) Hold hands. And I hold out my hand so we can all walk through together. I'll take a hand. I will take a hand. I'll take a hand. We all look at Irving. Irving. Well, uh, who's who's Irving? Um, I go stand next to Corey and take her hand. <laughs> I love that you paced in front of us all, judging us <laughs> before deciding whose hand you were going to hold as we go into this epic battle. Thank you, thank you, Irving. Um, okay, I don't know what to expect on the other side of this, but um. If it's just battle from the onset, I think, you know, obviously, get up in your perch, right, Blossom? Yeah. Although I might try this uh, new scabbard first. Okay. I think then I think maybe it'll it kind of kind of work with my trident. <laughs> but then, yeah. Okay. After that, up in the perch sounds safest. Well, what we could do is if it's a battle from the onset, mm. I could run a little bit ahead of you. Like crouch down, and you could run up on top of me, <gasps> and like as like yes, like ramp, yes. you know, and then you get you like get a- in the first hit, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like a, like a springboard And then I immediately come in with the, yeah, pew, 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 kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and then, like, they never see it coming. No. You know? Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. And then Corey comes in like a rolling boulder. Yes. And then I leap onto the perch. Oh, and then the three of so us good. will be spread out. And then we'll have our two casters kind of, like, protected behind mm-hmm. so that they can cast spells and stuff. Yeah. Gosh, I hope it's action from um, the outset. This is exciting. Yeah, me too. This <sighs> I actually don't see how it couldn't be. Right? Um <laughs> Is everyone else good with this plan? I mean, if if that's the case, um, I know Hemlock gave it to me, but it seems more apt to give one of you the the shield, prote- the flying shield of protection, if you're going to be at the front, kind of shielding us. So, um, and I'll awkwardly hold it out for somebody to take it. <laughs> I step backwards. <laughs> Well, I, I intend to spend I most of the battle in the perch, so I'm pretty pretty well covered, I, honestly. I don't know that you want to white elephant your gift, <laughs> like, so quickly. I, well, it's, don't you have okay. to rewrap it first? <laughs> that's true. That, that is, hey, that's yeah, a tradition that we both share. That is etiquette. You know, <laughs> you gotta rewrap it first. I mean, if, if nobody wants, like, it literally just floats around you, but, uh, okay. You know? Uh, I'll, I'll hold on to it. I think Hemlock put a lot of uh, thought into these gifts. He clearly planned it out mm-hmm, ahead of mm-hmm. time. So I, I think... Oh, he definitely did. Yeah. So I think there's probably a reason he gave you that one specifically. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll hold on to it. Just making offers here. Uh, but I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. Uh, on, let's let's on run your lead in. If everyone else is ready. Oh, uh, but what if it's reservations? If it's reservations, I think Bosley takes the lead. Oh, well, yeah. Because the reservation is for you. Yeah. Who's supposed to be our charming host? Wait, this is for this evening. Why did Diane keep talking about this place? This seems weird. Uh, all right. Um. So, do we go in? You and I, hand in hand, with everyone in tow, and make the judgment call straight away. I uh, let, yeah. I let go of Corey's hand and I walk over and I cast enhance ability on Bosley to give him. Advantage on all charisma checks. And then I quickly run back. <laughs> but do you tell him what it is? No. <laughs> oh, perfect. I feel like if he knows, it's like half placebo effect. So, yeah. But you do have a sense of confidence and charisma. Yeah, I think, uh, Flox, you, you've got two great plans here. We just make the judgment call right when we get in. Let's do it. And we step through. The five of you step through this yawning portal, a black magical wall. As you push through, there is no resistance whatsoever. And when you come to the other side, you are assaulted by sound and lights. Before you is an incredibly rowdy atmosphere. There are a large amount of tables that ring around what looks like a stage that strikes through the middle of this floor plan. To the left-hand side, an incredibly large straight bar that can accommodate numerous guests. And on the far side, it looks like there is a band of ragtag Feywild creatures playing loud music. Over several of the tables, there seems to be what looks like thin trees that sprout up from the tables, and upon the tables themselves are scantily dressed dryads that dance around, much to the entertainment of the guests that are attending this restaurant. And as you enter, the room goes quiet. The lights dim down, and a spotlight shines on the end of the stage. What looks like a small rock device on a vine starts to uh, propel down from the ceiling uh, into the spotlight. And an incredibly diminutive creature flies onto the stage, grabs the rock, and goes, Welcome, everybody! To Favor Town, where all of your desires and your delights will be 
satisfied. We have a very special act for you tonight while you enjoy all of your war fantasies. Tonight, we present to you a queen. A queen from another world. Please welcome Madam of the Magnolia Winds. The fairy flies off the stage. The music starts to play. The lights hone in. And as the stage curtains part, you see an extremely attractive tabaxi woman take the stage. Upon her head, a large headdress of colorful, beautiful feathers in a cascading pattern. A sheer white dress that barely covers the body. And she starts to walk onto stage and starts to sing uh, in a language foreign to most of you, except for Phlox and possibly Bosley. A song in the language of the tabaxi starts to come out beautifully and musically. And you see the lights start to lift up a little bit as it lightens up the room again and everybody is entranced by the woman singing on the stage. Roll Perception. I got a nat one. 19. 12. 21. 25. Blossom, Bosley, Phlox. You immediately recognize Diane, the deceased fiance of Bosley, cousin to Phlox, and friend to you, Blossom. She looks slightly different but maybe it is just the clothing or the makeup that is upon her. But clearly this is Diane who died not more than a a month or two ago. She sings unaware of your group beautifully and moves seductively across the stage. People are all quiet. The room has come to a a hushed murmur. And to the left, you can see that there is a bartender who is cleaning a wooden mug with a, a dirty towel, staring onto the stage and also looking at the five of you. How do the five of you react? I gotta say, that is the worst Diane impersonation I have ever seen in my entire life. Boo! Boo! <laughs> Corey! Corey! That. You can't. Corey, it's so rude to Corey. Boo. Well, it's rude to impersonate the dead, too, isn't it? Uh, Actually, no. I think it's like an honor, you know? It seems like it's a. Th- th- that looks, looks way too close. To- Remember that guy, that Elphis guy? Yeah. And there are all kinds of Elphis like. Oh, Elphis isn't dead. Oh, honey. I just, I never thought I would see this, but. I squinch my eyes really tight and then open them again. Does she look like she might be reanimated or does she look alive? I mean, I guess you could roll like insight or medicine or I guess those would be the two you'd have to choose from. I believe that I'm going to roll insight. I'd like to join and roll medicine to gauge how this could even be possible. 22. 22. For flocks, you can tell through your insight that the way Diane is singing and moving, it's possible she has been resurrected or reanimated, but it does not seem like 
you know, she is like an undead or anything like that. The way she moves and sings is very much full of life. Okay. For Bosley's role on medicine, there is nothing for you that shows any telltale signs of decay, rot, or undeadness. She is full of life. It is possible that she has been resurrected from uh, her death, but you are unable to tell. I clinch Bosley's hand. I squeeze right back. We're just going to get to the bottom of this, okay? Yeah. We're going to stay cool and figure out what's happening. I'm going to tackle her off that stage. Oh, did you I am oh, wait, so wait, 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 wait. We're going to remember we had a plan. Yeah, yeah come in. Plan. Yeah, not, blazing. Not till after the, the, the no springboard thing that I do with uh, yeah. Flops. Then, yeah. Then first Blossom, then Corey. Yeah. Well, and that was assuming not Rezos. Are we Are we skipping? Yeah, whatever. Why don't you go get us a table, Bosley? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll make my way to the host desk and occasionally glance over towards the stage, but very quickly and try and gain my composure before I get to the desk. <clears throat> ah, Mr. Bosley, is that correct? I can see by your perplexed look, you're wondering why I knew your name. For, as you can see, Diane was on the reservation with you. We do have a table waiting for you. Would you like to follow me with your friends? Sure. Right this way. She brings you to the table that is at the front of the stage, There's enough seats to accommodate all of you. In the middle of the table, there is a large flagon, uh, which you assume has some kind of alcoholic beverage, and there are five shot glasses around this flagon. You all sit down, and you can see the bartender continues to look at you, and it is like a Danny Trejo-looking guy, just like incredibly muscular but weathered with tattoos all over his body and a handlebar mustache and the music continues to escalate and the crowd continues to be entranced and the person that looks like Diane or is Diane slowly slides across the stage towards you continuing to sing into this rock device that amplifies her voice over the room as she sings this incredible tabaxi song and she steps onto your table and looks down at you bosley and picks up the flagon she pushes your shoulders with her foot back onto the chair and then she presents her foot to you and starts to pour the flagon down her leg what smells like an incredibly alcoholic liquid starts barreling towards you do you accept the offer of drink no i'm gonna roll a performance And with it, I'll make it look like I'm accepting, but I'm going to have my tongue kind of blocking any of the liquid from actually entering my mouth. I'd imagine there's enough spillover coming off of the foot that it wouldn't be too out of place to see more liquid falling down once it hits that point. Roll performance. Twenty-one. So you did roll twice, is that correct? Uh, uh, no, I only rolled once the first time it fell off of the table. So is this a charisma skill? Indeed it is. Then go ahead and roll twice and take the higher choice. 24. So with a gentle touch, you kind of press her leg away from you and the liquid starts to kind of pour down onto the table which up to this point it just like perfectly rolled down her leg 
and it starts to spill on the table and almost with offense she looks down at you and sees you for the first time and there is a hush that comes across the room the music stops and she drops the flagon onto the table with a loud thud and looks at you and you see her do you say anything I'll look over at Flox and say so Rezo or not I don't know what you mean. I'll lean in a little bit closer. You, we were talking about this before, the plan. Do we go with the Rezzo plan, stay discreet, or are we just charging at this point? Why would we charge Diane? I mean, all eyes are on us. I, I, this, Okay. Um, I feel like it's really awkward for us to be talking. You should be talking to Diane. This can't be her, right? And I just though, right? pull like, back. <laughs> At this point, she knocks the flagon standing on the table towards Bosley. The liquid splashes towards you and starts to dump into your lap. She starts to walk back onto the stage off of your round table next to the stage. And then she looks back at all of you and goes, Well, that didn't go the way I planned it. So I guess at this point, there is nothing more than for us to vor. And at that point, all of the dancers and the servers and the bartenders within this establishment, they, from the seemingly normal presence of the failed wild citizens that they were, all of their faces contort into this horrific, almost vampiric, stake-like visage, and they just start attacking all of the patrons of this restaurant, and just start consuming, and it becomes a wild chaotic scene of blood and pleasure and consumption. So did the performer who appeared to be Diane transform into one of these creatures as well? Right now, she has not. I flip the table and I get my back ready <gasps> in a ramp fashion towards Diane. Just say the word, Flux. Let's go. Okay. I will run at Flox's back and leap at it springboard style. Okay. So I would assume that you are mid-jump onto the stage, pulling your trident out of the scabbard and attacking the singer formerly known as Diane. Please roll an attack. Okay. I'd like to do non-lethal damage, just because I still don't understand what's going on and if this is really Diane. So I'm going to attack with my trident. My scabbard will give me advantage. So that's a 15 for my attack. With a deceptive agility, the singer that looks like Diane dodges out of the way of your trident strike. And as it moves, you can see that she has now transformed in what looks like some horrific vampiric snake-like creature. They are all humanoid, but their faces have kind of gone almost scaly. And you can see that there is kind of like this tongue that sticks out that is forked. And she goes, Blossom. I thought we were friends. And she will swipe at you with Talon Claws. 27 versus your armor class. Oh, that that definitely hits. <laughs> you take eight points of slashing damage as her clawed hands strike ribbons of blood across your skin. Okay, let's all roll initiative. 
22. 14. 17. 12. 21. Okay, so we will start the first round of combat, starting with Corey. Now, Corey, before you is a uh, chaotic scene. What look like vampiric creatures are attacking all manner of patrons. You can see that some of the patrons are fighting back, but there are numerous assailants around you. Of course, there is the Diane lookalike and or Diane on the stage, currently engaged in combat with Blossom. And then you can see the Danny Trejo type bartender who also now has the vampiric snake head kind of crawl over the bar top and is coming towards you as well. I guess I'm going to go for the Danny Trejo looking motherfucker. All right. I am charging at him and taking two attacks with my great axe. So the first one was a 26. Uh, That's definitely going to hit. Okay, cool. And the next one is a 28. That definitely hits as well. All right. So the first one is 1d12, which I got nine. And then plus I have a 1d6 plus four for my first hit. And that's going to be six points of radiant damage and then nine points of regular damage. Okay. So the first great axe swing strikes true and, and takes a huge gouge out of the muscular bartender You can see that it hisses and recoils in pain as the radiant damage effect takes over and it seems like it takes more damage than it should have. And the second one is going to be 13 points of damage. Okay. So although looking formidable and extremely muscular and weathered, your two strikes actually take it down. What does this look like? I charge at him with my axe to the side and I swing it across his body and then bring it down on his head. Got it. So your strike is true and you essentially just eviscerate. He is just torn apart. The radiant damage searing parts of its body and you can see it kind of twitching on the ground as it is trying to deal with the fact that it has been killed within what six seconds and it stops moving on the ground all right flocks you're up next from the kneeling position i go and lunge full force flurry of blows towards the diane okay it's two twenties and a sixteen. Oh, nice. 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 So double damage on two of those. Okay. So I deal fifty-four points of slashing damage. I also spend an additional key point to invoke stunning strike, and the target must succeed on a constitution saving throw or be stunned until the end of my next turn. Okay. A 16 total. Does that beat? It meets. Okay, so it does beat. Uh Uh-huh. So it does not get stunned. So as you just hurl yourself at Diane, you immediately engage in martial combat. And at first, she is kind of meeting your attacks and kicks and punches and kind of dodges, pushes aside certain strikes. And then you just like your strikes become true and you just start pummeling her and you can see dark welts and bruises just start to blossom all over her skin as you do 54 points of damage which is an incredible amount of damage (laughs) is that the end of your turn (laughs) that is the end of my turn okay so as you're engaged in this kind of martial combat you can see that she is incredibly agile and she looks at you and goes sister why do you betray me and something strikes at the strings of your heart because although you were cousins diane always called you sister and she breaks away she disengages from combat and with one last look at you she smiles and then runs back 
towards the stage curtain and disappears behind the curtain. It is now Irving's turn. I'm going to use my Thorn Whip cantrip to attack one of the dryads that's within 30 feet. Absolutely. Roll, attack. 17. That hits. Six damage, and if they're still alive, I can pull them 10 feet towards me. Absolutely. So uh, the creature is still alive, and you just tear it off of the creature that it was just eating. And with a spray of blood, as this creature is pulled towards you, the person that was being eaten is just toppled, just falls to the ground in a blood pool blossoming around it. Is that the end of your turn? Yes. Bosley, you are up. You're shook. Yeah, I'm still processing the fact that I've seen Diane, but in my head, it can't be Diane. So I think I'm just going to. I I feel like you would have to roll a will save to see if you just pursue her immediately or you have your wits about you and you do something else. Okay. That's a 20. Okay. So you are able to overcome the initial shock of Diane being present and everything that is going on around you. What does the collected Bosley do? Pull out the shield and activate it. The uh, flying shield protection. And were there any other enemies that were on stage alongside the Diane imposter and Flox. There are still numerous attackers in around the tables, but there was a band on the stage that is kind of like towards the back of the stage in front of the curtain that Diane just passed. And they're all just like, once again, vampiric snake-like looking creatures. And they're still playing music. Like one's on the guitar, one's on the drum. Uh, and like the music is really fast paced and chaotic, but they're uh, obviously probably evil, right? If they are evil, sure, but they don't appear hostile, then I'll just focus on the ones that are around the table. I'll look at the one that Irving started on and I will cast my sacred flame cantrip towards it. Okay. Is that a save or an attack roll? Save dex. Rolls a four. Well, that'll hit. That is a 2d8 uh, radiant damage. Ooh. And that works out nicely. That is 14 damage. So with a magical flourish, you see Irving throw a thorn whip, grab the vampiric dryad. It spirals towards him as he pulls on the whip and then you cast this sacred flame upon it and you just see it immediately burst up into flame as a high piercing shrill shriek comes out of it as it just kind of like chars up and crumbles into dust seemingly with the radiant damage doing more damage than expected and it is just a pile of ash the thorn whip drops to the ground and you and Irving look at each other can I get one more bonus action to high five Irving oh that is not a bonus action that is a free action (laughs) I will meet your high five and then last but not least Blossom. Okay, so I am up on the stage with Phlox, and when we first came in here, we saw, you said we saw a fairy giving an announcement? Correct. I'm trying to figure out if I would have thought he might be Guy Fairy, simply because he's a fairy. (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's probably safe to assume, but to just know that he left the stage behind the curtains as she entered. So he okay. is no longer present in this room. And did he go off stage the same direction the Diane lookalike went off stage? Yes, which would okay. be like center back where the curtains meet. Okay. And about how far away from me is the curtain? Oh, like 15 feet. Okay. Pretty close. Perfect. So I'm going to use my movement to head towards the curtain and I want to peek behind it and see. Okay. So 
You do get close. You're about five feet away from the vampiric band, but they just continue to play and they don't react to you. Behind the curtain is another larger room. You'd assume the backstage of this restaurant. And there are three people in this room. In the arms of a floating fairy, you see vampiric Diane. The fairy is a very interesting looking fairy with frosted blonde tips on his spiky hair with a uh, goatee that comes down. Um, Kill him! He has, he Don't has worry. What, looks, what looks like colored glass lenses that he has on backwards so you only see the fronts of it poking over his ears and he's wearing like a white puka shell necklace Uh, just the most punchable (laughs) face (laughs) yes yes and then in front of them is the most intimidating muscular but sexy satyr you've ever seen with incredibly large curled goat horns on its head he is heavily armored but in a light sense so it's not like metal armor it's like a studded leather armor that is very form fitting mm-hmm. i want you to picture henry cavill if he had goat horns and then oh. like now i can't fight all, this guy <laughs> all manner <laughs> all manner of weapons you know a couple of scabbards on the side with a short and long blade there is a pole that is coming out from the back and as you follow it down his muscular body you see a trident protrude from the other end behind him and he also looks like he has clawed gauntlets as well and he kind of just stands in front of this fairy and diane what do you do? Oh. Well, I, I do take like a split second to admire his trident. Oh, I, I just, I love that. That's great. And I'm going to, if I have to, I'll use my bonus action to dash so I can get right up to him. And I'm going to attack him with my trident with non-lethal damage though. Okay. Because I'm assuming this is probably Hemlock's brother. So as you dash towards him, you can see that he immediately moves into action and he does this thing where he kind of like whips both of his arms out as in like tightening his muscles and he kind of like flexes and waits your approach to engage. So what do you do with your attack versus Gordon Rams? But what I like to say is like uh, Gordon Cavill, Henry Cavill. (laughs) Yeah, definitely non-lethal damage for this. Um, so yeah, I'm going to swing at him with my trident. I'm going to take two attacks. And uh, the first one is 21. Okay, that is going to hit. Okay. Do you want me to roll both attacks together? or? That's fine. You can matter? roll both attacks now. Okay. Uh, the second attack is 15. Unfortunately, that one does not hit. Okay, so I'll just roll damage for first one. So that's five damage. Blossom is not too experienced with her trident yet, but she is working on it. Got it. (laughs) All right. Anything else? You know, what the heck? Let's do an action surge. And I'll do one one more attack with my trident. That one's 18. That hits. Perfect. And that is seven damage. Okay. And that's all. So you kind of whip attacks against him. And as the second attack hits, this time you kind of go for a plunge. And you can see like the tines of your trident like bend and bow a little bit as it kind of like strikes up against the form-fitting studded leather across his rippling abdomen and then Gordon looks at you and just kind of grabs you with both of his clawed gauntleted hands one on each shoulder and then just headbutts you and attacks you with his horns dang and that is going to be a 20 versus (laughs) your armor class yeah that hits (laughs) 
you're going to take seven points of damage as it headbutts you and then he releases you and is engaged in combat with you and you could see diane and the fairy in the background just kind of excitedly watching your encounter with this muscular satyr and we are going to go to the top of the round Corey, you are up okay so in the room that i'm in are there any more of these nasty little monster things yeah i would say there's still about five of these creatures and and there is like maybe two to three innocent people still alive you do see that the the other two people that i pointed out earlier the the strong militant man and what i would like to call the sex machine character with the (laughs) uh, pelvis hand crossbow shoots out his quarrels and is fighting back the dryads would you like to engage more of these dryads here or you do see blossom kind of go behind the stage by herself oh yeah because Flox oh, is still on stage. Right. And you see Bosley and Irving next to you as they high five. Oh, goofy motherfuckers. All right. I am going to follow Blossom, even though as I go and be like, y'all got to help these ones. And I'm going to run to the back of the stage. Okay. So I will say that you can reach the curtains and enter into the back room with your 30 feet distance. Do you actually have more have than that? 40. 40. Okay. 40. So your 30 feet allows you to enter this room. As you enter the room, you can see Blossom getting headbutted by a muscular satyr kind of fighter. She recoils a little bit from the strike, but seemingly still looks okay. And then you see Diane in the grips of this really pretentious looking fairy with frosted tips and they're just like making out it's really gross gross ew okay i would like to attack the one that's attacking blossom okay so you move the rest of your 10 feet now you're next to both blossom and gordon rams what would you like to do so I'm going to attack him, but it's going to be non-lethal because my intention is yes. to, I want to bludgeon him. So he, he, I want him to be knocked out. Okay. So I'll use the flat side of my great axe. Got He's it. Too, too pretty to die. <laughs> 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 okay. So the first one was a 29. That definitely hits. Okay. And the next one was a 16. That does not hit. Okay, so the damage for the first one is going to be 14. Okay, 14 damage. Yep, not non-lethal. All right. So you strike him with the flat side of your blade, and you expected his body to kind of be pushed a little bit, but he curls one muscular bicep and like protects his head, and your battle axe just kind of slaps against... Uh, the side, and it just makes this really loud noise. All right. All right. Phlox, you are up. I'm going to move as fast as I can to the back of the room. Okay, 15 feet. Okay. I do a little jog. little jog for Phlox. Look beyond the curtain. What do I see here? You see before you, Corey and Blossom engaged in a combat with a incredibly muscular satyr who has large curled goat horns protruding from his head. Behind him, probably about another 15 to 20 feet, you see Diane being held by a hovering small fairy with frosted spiky hair tips and a goatee with sunglasses. They are just kind of watching the entertainment. I'm going to use Flurry of Blows. I'm going to use two of those to attack and one of those to grapple. What I'd like to do is use my speed to run up Corey's back and kind of like launch myself, use her as the ramp this time. Two full fists grabbing onto Gordon Ram's horns. And I want to try and bring him down by the head onto the stage floor to the backstage floor. And then I want to use that as my grapple move. And then I want to slam, slam 
as my two attacks. Okay, got it. So you're going to grapple first and then slam slam. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here we go for the grappling attack. So that would be a 20 for me on strength. Okay, so with the roll of 23, he's able to, with surprising agility, escape your grapple, but you still have two attacks. You just can't use it as like a grapple feature. Okay, so that was a 24 and a 23 to hit. Both hit. Okay. Uh, That is 19 damage. All right. You slam his head several times, but with great strength, he breaks your grass and looks at you. He's got kind of like a crushed nose, blood trickling down his face, and then he kind of smiles at you, and you notice that you've broken a couple of his teeth but it does not seem to have phased him much. Mm. All right, Irving. All right, is the stage clear of allies? Yes, and the only uh, people on the stage are the vampiric band. Great. How close together are they? (laughs) I would say within five feet of each other, each of them. Let's say there's three of them, one on the guitar, one on the drums, and one on, like, bass or something like that. Okay. I would like to run up to the stage and grab the rock communication device Okay. from the ceiling. The rocky talkie. And I would like to roll an intimidate. Which I'm terrible okay. at, but, you know, hey, fuck it. <laughs> And so I'm just going to say, if you want to live, you better leave now. That's not too bad. That's a 16. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, I still do not think that is going to be enough to strike fear into the hearts of this vampire band. But I, I do say that it won't take your action so you can try something else. All right, great. And with that, I will cast Earth Tremor at level four. Okay. Which will do 46 damage to everybody unless they can do a dexterity saving throw of 15. To everybody? On the stage. It's a 10-foot radius around me, so I should be free and clear. Okay, okay. That's fair. And if they fail, they take the damage and are knocked prone. So I literally level the stage. So I would assume that you're using this at like a fourth level? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, One fail. uh, Two fail. Three fail. All right. So all three of them are thrown from their musical equipment Go ahead and roll damage, and they are all prone. 20 points of damage. All three of them, as this earth tremor just erupts across the stage from you, the wooden stage starts to crack and bend, and large stakes spike up from the ground. They are thrown from their feet, impaling each of the three band members onto these large wooden stakes, and they hiss out in pain as their bodies just puff into ash, and all three of them die. And then I do a victory dab. Oh, God. <laughs> Absolutely. The infamous Feywild death. All right. Bosley. So there's still threats next to the three non-hostile, innocent-seeming people, correct? Yeah, I would say there's about one or two assailants left. You do see an elderly man who is currently in grips with a vampire. He has been bitten by it, blood flowing down his shirt, and he has what looks like two grandkids with him, one male, one female. And those are the three. Who the hell bringing their grandkids to this? (laughs) This ain't no Chuck E. Cheese. Um, That being the case, I guess I will cast... How far off are they from me? I would say within 10 to 15 feet. All right, then I will move towards him, cast Spirit Guardians, and 
I will, as I'm casting this, very clearly this time <laughs> state that I want this to affect none of the party that I am currently in, nor the grandfather or the two children. Okay, I mean, they're grandkids, but they're like 16 and 18. So, I mean, you know, they're not like children, but uh, that's fair. Okay, so the three people and your group. Got it. Mm -hmm. Make it happen. So what happens? And then how many are are the two threats within this 15-foot radius to me? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Then they must do a wisdom saving rule. Okay. That's a fail. They both fail. They're pretty low. Oh, wow. Okay. So they both take 3d8 radiant damage and will be only at half movement speed. Okay. That's six. Damage total? (laughs) Well, I'm going to say because of its radiant status... Uh, you actually do vanquish both of them, and they are just overwhelmed by angelic guardians as they destroy these evil creatures. The grandfather falls to the ground as he clasps his neck, blood just flowing out of his neck, and goes, Protect my grandkids, and he dies. All right. Blossom. All right, so... Is Gordon on the ground? No. No, he was not grappled. Okay. So, I'm going to... First of all, use my bonus action to do my second wind, so I can regain some hit points. So that will get me... 14 hit points, which is very nice. And then I'm going to... Yeah, I'm just going to attack him again twice with my trident. Okay. So... First attack is a 13. Uh, 13 does not hit, unfortunately. Okay. And my extra attack is a little better. 16. Unfortunately, 16 does not hit either. So Blossom is a little distracted by Gordon's very muscly arms, and she's not feeling terribly motivated to actually hit him. So she's swinging out at him, but kind of swinging a little wide. You like, as you like, your swing goes across, you just kind of like caress his muscles. Just like, (laughs) oops, oops, and it's again. Oh no. Um, Uh, so he will strike out at the three of you and I would like for Blossom, I want you to make a dexterity saving throw, Corey, a strength saving throw and Flox, a strength saving throw. So he has the gauntleted hands and then also this trident and he tears a trident off of his back and as he's slashing and stabbing at all three of you all three of you need to make a saving throw so go ahead and do so it's an 18 for me okay 14 22 all right blossom you are swept off of your feet uh, as you are knocked prone (laughs) (laughs) and then for Fox you are not pushed back but it will take a slash at you and we'll roll uh, 21 versus armor class does that still hit that meets my armor class okay and you already added the two for the bracers yes okay so you take seven points of slashing damage from its gauntleted hands Corey he places the trident towards you in a manner to disarm your great axe. He does not do so, but you will take damage. And does a 16 hit your armor class? It hits exactly, yeah. Okay, so you will take eight points of damage uh, as the trident pierces your skin and then tears out from its barbs small chunks of flesh. And as you can see, this trident, which is made of a wrought black metal, has barbs that come out of each of its tines that are quite vicious. And then the frost-tipped fairy behind Gordon goes, well, isn't this so much fun? How about, uh, how about a little barbecue? 
and you see this small orange flame erupt from his hand and it kind of like flows lazily out of his hand and comes towards the four of you and when it makes contact to the ground it just erupts in a large fireball so everybody can make a dexterity saving throw just so you know i have advantage against dexterity saving throws for traps and spells that i can see okay can i make a dexterity saving throw if i'm prone um i would say you might have disadvantage okay i'll go with that i got a 15 okay i have evasion i'll let you know if i don't make it okay Okay, so rolled a three. Okay, so you're going to take half damage still. Yes. Okay. And Blossom. I got 21. Oh. With disadvantage. Okay. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) The first time I rolled well, like, all day. (laughs) So, interestingly enough, because Gordon knocked you prone, his body is kind of covering your body and he takes the brunt of the fireball and you only take half damage flocks you failed so you take half damage with your evasion and then Corey, you failed uh and you take full damage from the fireball so i would like to kind of like roll towards blossom and gordon and then as this is happening i'm like wow you guys really have something here the the chemistry is intense i know it's just is the room getting hotter or is it just the fireball (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i mean i'm feeling it too okay yeah (laughs) sparks are flying he goes yeah i do feel like you're pulling some of the hits against me oh no you're just so good at dodging them well, maybe we should continue to uh, play around. Sure. <laughs> Whatever <Yeah>. that means. Yes. <laughs> My name is Gordon Rams. Oh, I'm Blossom Brightman. It's nice to meet you. Um, and so both Gordon <laughs> and Corey take 20 points of fire damage. Flox and Blossom only take 10 points of fire damage from Guy Fairy's Sorceress Fireball. Did you say 20 points? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do a reaction and reduce that by 1d12 plus my con. Okay. So, 12. I'll take 8 points of damage. Okay. Um, you notice that uh, Diane does not take an action this turn. She just kind of hangs back and, and she is no longer kind of like in an embrace with Guy Fairy. We go to the top of the round. Three, Corey, you're up. Sweet. Having witnessed this clear connection between Gordon Rams and Blossom, I am going to leave them to it and go into a rage and attack Frosted Tip Fairy Boy. Frosted Tip Fairy. (laughs) Perfect. He burned me. I did not like it. All right. Uh, Nat 20 for 30. Very nice. (laughs) And second attack is a 15 plus 10 is 25. They both hit. Nice. Okay. Uh, 27 is for the first hit. Okay by itself and then for this so before your second hit takes purchase your first hit unerringly strikes through guy fairy and your axe just goes right through him almost as if you're about to cleave guy in two and then the image of guy disappears and off to the side about 20 feet away you see a fairy with frosted tips go ha 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 you fell for my trap as soon as my axe doesn't meet anything i just instinctively stop swinging it and like drop it to the floor and lean on it and look at him <laughs> you son of a bitch i'm coming for you you're gonna get it <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Um, Are you going to vor me, Daddy? Oh. Oh, that's too far. Oh. Do it, Corey. Do it. Get him. Can I throw a hand axe at him? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You could well, use then, that as your second attack. Let's do 